You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, if, you're like, uh, if you're like me, you looked over the past year. Mike's already talked about it. We've already talked about it. I looked over the past year. I, I sat down with my kids for dinner last night, and uh, we were talking about all the stuff that happened over this past year. And you know, you feel old because your kids remember more than you do, <laughs> right? And they're bringing up all these things like, oh, yeah, we did do that. And that was like last month. And uh, so it's like they just jog our memory. And it's like it was a great opportunity for us just to stop and just say, thank you, God, for these things that you've done in our lives this past year. Um, and this past year, I really felt old um, because I spent some time in reflection because uh, the radio station I listened to, the Christian radio station, it was like their 40th year of, of doing Christian radio. And so like what they did was they would play these like top 10 hits from like each decade. And then you really feel old because it's like 90% of those songs I knew. You know? And so I'm sitting in my car driving to work, and these songs are popping on from when I was like eight or nine. And I'm like, oh, which really makes me feel weird because I'm driving on the road. And I'm like, and here's a song from when I was nine. I'm like, this just feels wrong because I feel like I'm nine again, and I'm driving. Um, but, you know, I see those songs from, like, um, Rich Mullins, you know, Awesome God, which was, like, my dad's jam. And so um, they didn't say jam back then, but um, you know what I mean. It was, like, his, his favorite artist. And so, obviously, it became one of mine. But mine was probably Stephen Curtis Chapman growing up and uh, The Great Adventure, right? Saddle up your horses. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? It's, it's, it's Christian's best version of rock 80s, okay? But it was, you know, 92 when that one came out. And then it, you got Mercy Me's, I Can Only Imagine, you know? And I can still remember. I can still remember where I was sitting the first time I heard, you know, I Can Only Imagine. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, and if you don't have Christian songs that you remember where you were, we, have, we all have songs, right? That take us back to this place of just like, wow come a long way, or like the good old days, or like, yeah, I don't want to go relive that, you know, we have different emotions and feelings to songs, but songs have this power, right, to just take us back to where we were and what was going on, and now my question for you is, as we look back over 2022, and this is a fun little activity maybe for you to do while you're sitting here today, is can you pick a title of a song that can encapsulate last year? What would the, what would the title be? What, were, what would be some of the lyrics? What would be the, the genre? What would be the theme? What would be the message of that song from 2022? So you can think about that as I, as I speak here this morning. But if your 2022 song title, theme, genre, message was not what you had hoped for, then uh, maybe today, my encouragement is, is that we would be able to share in this passage and we would be able to see three themes that can change the tune of our 2023. So before we get into God's word, let's just pray and let us get into God's word together today. God, again, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for uh, just your deliverance of it to us. Lord, how we're not left in the dark. Lord, we are, we are left with your word to guide us, to direct us, and it is a strong and powerful word, one that can guide us through all of life 
and eternity, God. And I pray that we would draw close to it, that our hearts would be sensitive to it. And Lord, I pray that your word would speak through me today. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. So as Pastor Dave said before, we are going to be in Isaiah. And so um, if you would grab your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn with me there to Isaiah 26, verses 1 through 6. But I wanted to ask the question, we're going to be picking up again in, in, in Isaiah, and we called this theme, Sovereign God, excerpts from the prophet Isaiah. And, you know, we had stopped partway through because we, you know, visited the Christmas story. So I kind of envisioned this being like we got off the highway, we saw the Christmas lights, you know, and now we're going back on, and we're now back on the highway, and now we got to get up to speed, okay? It's been a while since we've been in Isaiah, so I found a fun way for us to get back into speed, okay? How many of you guys remember how to drive this? A stick shift. How many of you never learned? Okay, bold. That's all right. That's fair. We're going to learn today. I'm going to try and teach you, okay? Because many of us grew up on these. And in my first car that I bought, I bought one of these. And they were just about ready to go out of style. And I bought it because I didn't want any of my friends driving it. It was great. It was only me and my wife that could drive the car. So it was like, hey, I got a stick shift, man. I'm sorry. It's great. Anti-theft device. It's great. Now, when you get in a stick shift, there's three pedals. You've got your gas. You've got your brake. You've got your clutch. The clutch is so you can get in between gears. Now, that's my best explanation of it. My first explanation to my little sister was that it was the double gas, and she believed me for about a week. It was great. Now, when we go into each gear, we're going to kind of like see how this transitions, but we're going to get up to speed, because if you're trying to go 60 on the highway and you jump to fifth gear, you're going to stall out. You've got to know each gear and hit each one at the proper time in order to get up to speed. So our first gear, take your left foot, put a shit down on the clutch, all the way forward. There we are, first gear. All right, first start. If you guys think I'm, it's just the way I am, I'm sorry. We're in Isaiah 26. That's our first gear, verses 1 through 6. In your pew Bible, it's page 586. Now we're ready to go to second gear. Left foot down, pull straight back. All right, you're in second gear. Great job. By the way, there is a little fluctuation with the gas pedal, but that's really hard to explain. And for me to do up here, it's really hard to do. Just saying. Yeah. So second gear, time frame of Isaiah. We are here in a time when Isaiah is writing during a time when Judah is in a very difficult season of life. It's around 700 B.C. Judah is facing this opposition of these rising nations coming up and get provi providing fear for them. Their future is very unsure. Their hearts are anxious, and they have this habitual problem of not trusting God. And so this is where we're at in this far as the time frame. All right, now third gear, left foot down. This one's a little tricky because you got to go up and kind of like go in the middle. And if you go to fifth, then you stall out. If you stay in first, you really, yeah, bad things happen. So you go up to third. Here's our third gear. Isaiah's purpose was to be a prophet of God to announce the judgment of God on immoral, immorality and also this idolatrous people. But then also within this book, catch this, it was also to share God's glory, compassion, and grace. And little known fact, in the book of Isaiah, the word salvation is used more time in the book of Isaiah than all the other prophetic books combined. It's the salvation of God. And that's the theme of actually the book, the salvation of the Lord. All right, now we're going to fourth gear, which is clutched down all the way back. Fourth gear, this is where we see where we've been so far. Thus far, we have seen Isaiah gripped by the greatness of God. We've seen Isaiah 
received the message of the Lord to go and share this word with the people, but he also was told this would not be a message that would be well-received, that this would be a message that would be rejected. But we also saw many prophecies of Jesus and how he would bring victory and salvation. And we even studied Isaiah 24, which talked about the judgment that was coming on the entire world, this tribulation period. But we saw that those who had Christ had nothing to fear. And now we're ready to get into our study today, which is the fifth year. So last time, clutch down all the way up to the right. There we go, fifth year, cruising at 60, 80 if you're that guy with a lead foot. And here's our study today is that we are going to be looking at a word of hope and encouragement to the people of Judah that also applies to us today. So let's read our portion of the scripture and we'll break it down from there. We're in Isaiah 26. Looking at verses 1 through 2 right now. Now it says, In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah, and we have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks, open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. So notice what it says right at the beginning. It says, In this day. So this is a song that has not yet been sung. And it's saying, in this day, this song will be sung. And this is a prophetic song of a song that one day will be sung about the protection of God. And to get a context of when this song will be sung, we have to follow the context of where we're at. 24 is talking about the tribulation, something that still has not yet happened yet, the judgment of the world. This 20, chapter 25 talks about the praise of God during the millennial reign when Christ will come back at the end of the tribulation period Subdue Satan and his demons for the thousand years and will reign perfectly on earth for a thousand years. And this is that time frame. And look what happens in context if we're following along. 25 verse 8, it says, He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Can't wait for that day, right? And this is what God will do, and this is in the context of these days when this song is going to be sung. But in context, many theologians believe that these are tribulation believers, those who have trusted Christ within the tribulation. This is the song that they will sing after going through what they have experienced, and this is their song. It brings a power to what we are about to read. Because 26 verse 3, which we will get to, is a powerful verse, but I think it is just emphasized all the more when we understand Who is saying it? Who is singing it? And these believers are saying, we have a strong city. This is the new Jerusalem protected by God. You know, the idea of God protecting us is not a new idea. We see it in Proverbs 18 where a father passes down this wisdom to his son. And it says this, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. See, here in Isaiah, the current state in Judah, they do not feel safe. They feel like they are exposed and unprotected, but this is a reminder that God's plans are perfect, and nothing can beat God. Isaiah 25.1, going back again one chapter, this is what it says. It says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. Listen to this. For you have done wonderful things, Plans from of old, faithful and sure. 
God's got a plan, okay? He's got a perfect plan. It's wonderful, and it's sure, even when our circumstances scream otherwise. He's got a plan. And this song, though it is a song that's sung in the future, it's one that takes us back to God's protection over his people. And that we can enter his gates of protection and thanksgiving and salvation. And I have two applications for us from this section. Is this The first is to come by faith and receive salvation. Because what we see in scripture is that judgment is coming, and we're thankful for that, that God is going to judge sin. But also we recognize that we are sinners, and without God, we are separated from him. And we are due that judgment ourselves. But that's why we see in the gospel salvation. We see that we have a need, that Jesus came to meet that need, living the perfect life, dying in our place, so that everyone who believes in him in faith can have eternal life. And that's what salvation is. So if you are here today and you need that salvation, I encourage you to come and talk with me afterwards more about that. Maybe you need a little more information that we have packets of information, the Gospel of John, and some questions that can be answered for you. And you can take one of those, no questions asked. If you'd like to learn more, start a conversation. I encourage you to mark that on your Connect card. We'd love to talk with you about it. How 2023, you can start off your year finding and following Jesus. We would love to talk with you more about that and not pressure you into that, but just talk with you about that. But the second application I think we can have today is that we need to praise him for his salvation, much like these believers did. God provides protection to us now. Amen? There are so many things that I don't remember about last year that I remember because my children reminded me, but God has protected us in so many ways. Not only in our salvation and our eternal security, but also in just travel and even sometimes health and sometimes other things. But you might be thinking there as you're sitting in your seat, well, God, God didn't protect me from this last year. What about that? Well, God has a perfect plan, and so I can't answer that for you right now, but you can trust that God is working, that God does have a plan. But let's keep going, because when we have the right perspective of life, it helps to give us peace. And look at verses 3 and 4. This is what it says. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Here we see these same singers sing a song of peace. Tony Evans, in one of his commentaries, said, this is not only valid this peace is not only valid in the kingdom age, but is also for all those who tune their minds to God's spiritual realities. See, this song was sung for us to hear. I'm just blown away at the plan of God, okay? That this is a song that is sung in the future that somehow those singers knew that Isaiah would be able to hear it in 700 BC to record it for us for 2023. And it can be for our benefit and for our good. I'm just blown away at the plans of God. And this is talking about a peace, though, that is, that is not a passing peace based upon circumstances or feelings. Because we all have those things that we love to do that bring about peace, right? For me, it's fishing, yep, or sitting around a campfire with my wife, or going on a hike, okay? Those are, those are the things that I are circumstances that bring peace, okay? For you, it might just be a quiet place, 
without kids. It could be a good book in front of a fireplace. It could be sitting on a, on, a, on a chair at the beach where it's 80 degrees. And if you're looking for that piece in Pennsylvania, you might not get that. Not for a while. Now, those are circumstantial peace situations, right? This is not what it's talking about here. It's talking about perfect peace. And how it's actually written in this text, it's actually in Hebrew, it's, it's peace peace. It's kind of like when Jesus would say, truly, truly, I say unto you. It means it's a very true statement. In this case, peace, peace, it's perfect peace. It's the best possible peace you can possibly possess. That kind of peace. And this peace is perfect. It's not based on one's circumstances, where you're standing. It's based upon the character of God. Perfect wholeness completeness, prosperity, success, and welfare are all part of what the definition of this is. So look with me again to these verses, and I'd like to put up a little bit more of, of who's involved. You being God, keep him. Put your name there. God keeps Daniel in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The mind is an amazing thing. We talk about our minds to be stayed on you. It's the place of our thoughts and emotions and even our heart's desires. Um, this past year in our youth group, we talked about, um, we had a series for a while called Headspace. And it was talking about creating a safe place to think. Because I see so much in teenagers and I see so much in my own mind that my mind just wanders and starts believing lies way too quickly, right? And my mind also starts becoming emotional way too quickly. And I just run with my emotions and get led away. And then my mind starts thinking things that are not safe and not good for me to think. And so we talked about this. And we talked about not allowing our emotions to take control of our circumstances, to trust God, not our feelings. And then also to transform our minds by the renewal of our minds in God's word. Because something else we found out is that on average, the any individual has 30,000 thoughts a day. Think about that. You just added to that tally, by the way. 30,000 thoughts a day on average. That means some people might have 50,000. You might be like me and have 15,000. Okay? Now, where we're at on that spectrum, we don't know. It's hard to calculate. But 30,000 thoughts a day, that's a lot. And now if you trust Google... If you go on Google, you can look this up yourself. How many of your thoughts on average a day are negative? 80,000 on average. That means someone's is 98% and others are 52. That's incredible to me. That means the mind is a dangerous thing. And that means the mind needs healing. It means the mind needs help. And Isaiah knew this. God knew this, shared with Isaiah to share with us. Our mind can be kept in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Perfect peace. Now, what does stayed on you mean? I'm not a big words guy. I like pictures. And so when I looked at these words and what they mean, stayed, you know, I didn't quite grasp it until I started digging a little deeper. And so I would like to share with you an illustration that helped me understand a little bit more of what it means to stay. How many of you have been wondering what this has been doing over here the whole time? All right, hopefully you all can see this. 
So this is my illustration. It's a big cinder block, really big, OK? Very real cinder block. Now, over here we got little man. Cool. He can stay anywhere, right? He's sturdy, steady. Problem is with all of us, right, is that some securities are not all flat, and so it's easy for him to tip over. OK, now a heart and mind stayed on God. Let's pretend this rock is God. Because it does say everlasting rock. God is the everlasting rock. Nice. Good sturdy foundation, very solid, very nice. Problem is, if you're like me and my mind, okay, mind stayed on you. So many times when I'm thinking about God or I'm thinking about him and his truth, stuff like that, how many times do all of us, you know, it's kind of like a dog, whirl. You know, we get distracted by stuff, right? And even being stayed on God, a fear can come by, right? Even when we're standing on God. Kind of shake us up a bit, okay? A little bit more, and we can fall off. And so a lot of people have put their doubt in God because they tried it out, and it didn't, they weren't able to stick with it. They weren't able to stay on God. But when I looked at this verse, and when I looked at this word, stayed actually means sustained, supported, and secured on God. So what if we take this person, and what if we attach him? This might be noisy. Gave you the warning. That sounds good. Now, let's try this again, now that we've had our mind stayed on God. pretty sturdy. Oh, okay. I just wanted to see if they would hold. Not all illustrations work really great in my book, but this one worked okay. Now, I do all that to say this. We're not moving an everlasting God, by the way. Never, never picking that up. That 30, 40 pound cinder block, whatever it is, not moving it. It's God. When we secure ourselves and our mind to God, we can experience his perfect peace because it's not based upon where I stand in my circumstances. It's based upon what I am secured to in his character. And he's the God of peace. He's the everlasting God. I think this brings about a good point for us to take home today is this. Perfect peace is trusting the everlasting God. Perfect peace is trusting the everlasting God. See, if our minds are secured on anything else, church, on people-pleasing, on money, on jobs, politics, trends, happiness, we will not find perfect peace. Like it says in verse 4, this song, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And if we secure our thoughts, our emotions, even our desires on God, then we can experience that peace that is not taken advantage of by circumstances. It does not change. And what I love about God's word, guys, is that it repeats itself for us. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, listen to this. This is Jesus talking. He sums up his Sermon on the Mount. And I'm just going to read this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was its fall or the fall of it. Jesus knew this. Isaiah knew this. And this is important for us to know as well. That if we want perfect peace, like this song talks about, like this verse talks about, then our mind needs to be 100% stayed and secured in God, in his word, and applying it daily. So we need to pursue God's peace, his perfect peace. And I think we can do that in several ways. One is we need to ask ourselves What does my mind secure itself to looking to find peace, looking to find satisfaction? Is it love? Is it happiness? Is it acceptance? Then remember this today and then pray and ask God to help you to move your peace, your mind, and trust to God. Secure your mind by listening to God's word and do what it says. Secure your mind to his truth. I would encourage you to take this step today to memorize a verse that reminds you of God's truth to help you through difficult times and circumstances. This verse that we just studied today is a great one. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. It's a reminder to keep our focus on God. And that is how we can experience, I believe, church perfect peace. And I'd like to wrap up with this last part of this song, a song of power. And we're going to see this in Isaiah 5 through 6. It says this, For he has humbled the inhabitants of the heights, the lofty city. He lays it low, lays it low to the ground, casts it to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. Now, this is a reminder to Judah that their circumstances, they look pretty bleak. And I understand your circumstances might look pretty difficult as well. And so this is for us to know and to trust God because they were dealing with a super heavy nation rising up in power and that was just encapsulating all these little nations around them and that, that's, that was them. What's going to happen to them? But in this song, it reminds them that he, being God, lays it low and lays their highest city low. This song reminds them that God is always in control. This song also ends, though, with an, I think it's interesting how it ends. The prideful sinful nations will be brought low, but those who experience it are the poor and the needy. See, David says something, and this is amazing, because it's familiar to this verse David says this in Psalm 37, 10 and 11. He says, In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. I love this theme of peace that is coming that we don't deserve because we are meek, but our trust is in God. And Jesus says this in John 16, 33, says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. 
In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Guys, when we, our security is in Christ, our trust is in Christ, it doesn't matter what the world is doing. It doesn't matter how our circumstances are faring. We can know that God has already overcome the world. He said it as if he had already done it, and he has done it in Christ because he is sovereign. And the plans that he has made, he's already done. We're just living through the timeline now. And if we are in Christ, we will experience God's victory. We will see sin wiped away, and we will see death die. And that was just grips me. And we will also see Christ rule and reign perfectly one day on the earth. And so here's our application for these verses, is that when we believe God's word to be true, and we secure our minds to his word and who he is, then we will experience his victories. We will be, like in this verse, the poor and the needy because we realize it's not our power that grants us the victory. It is God's power that gives us these victories, and we get to be the beneficiaries of his victory because we have put our trust in him. And so with that, I'd like to invite our praise team up. And as we wrap up our service today, with one more song, I do want to remind us of that one thing, is that perfect peace is trusting the everlasting God. And I also want to ask you a question. What will be your song title for 2023? What would you like it to be? What would be the theme? What would be the title? What would be the genre? And my hope and my prayer for you today is that that song would be a song of protection from God, would be a song of peace from God, and it would also be a song of power of God. Well, let me pray over you as we close this time. God, I want to thank you again for your salvation for us. I praise you for that free gift that you have offered to all who believe, who call upon your name, and how you have protected us this past year. How have you guided us this past year in our lives? And I also want to praise you, Lord, for that perfect peace that you offer to anyone who secures our mind on you. So God, I pray that as we leave this place that we would practice humility when we experience your victories, when we experience perfect peace like you promise. God, that we would give you all the glory and the praise, that we would sing songs to magnify your greatness. And God, we thank you for the peace that surpasses all understanding and that you guard our hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus, I pray these things. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.